my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day today, as always. And we actually got a cold weather last night, which is nice. We were like in the 60s this morning. Woo, getting chilly. So that's actually a nice change from being in the 90s. And if you guys need anything, you know where to get a hold of us at healthmasters.com. Always feel free to stop by in Central Florida if you guys are down here on vacation or visiting. We'd love to see you guys and meet you all. Um, if I'm here, I always talk to everybody. If I'm not, Steve and Ruben always help everybody out the best they can. And so we appreciate the continued support. And you guys know you voted product of the week. It won the one and only D3 10,000 with K2, one of the flagship products we have that worked incredibly well during COVID, stacked with the zinc and vitamin C and works as a standalone on a regular basis to maintain healthy levels of vitamin D in the body. Remember, vitamin D is derived from cholesterol and basically synthesized by sunlight on the skin. And the thing about this is majority of people don't get much sunlight anymore, and majority of people during the winter get hardly any sunlight. So it's always really important if you ever get blood work done, I always recommend make sure you get your D3 levels checked. This is so important. For some odd reason, physicians rarely ever check this, and it's one of the most important things to check, period, on blood work. And so most cases you'll find that your body is low in D3, and this product massively helps elevate vitamin D3 naturally in the body, which it really does. increases the immune system. It's, it's fantastic for that. I remember when Lana was pregnant with our second kid, the midwife told you guys this before, they're adamant. Every time they do blood work, they always check your D3. And so her D3 was actually getting a little low. And so she was on 20,000 IUs a day uh, to keep her D3 around. I think it was around 45 is what they wanted to keep it around while she was pregnant, 45, 50, which is a perfect range for a pregnant woman. And so that's what she was taking that that much a day to maintain healthy D3 levels while she was making a baby, so to speak. So it's really, really important. You get those checked and you make sure you're taking supplemental D3 on a regular basis, especially in the wintertime. That's crucial. And also, too, one of the first things that I wanted to talk about here is I noticed another article that came up. Surprise, surprise. They talk about how B vitamins now are your brain's natural repair kit. They said daily wear and tear on the nervous system is normal, but B vitamins play an important role in the maintenance and regeneration. And while a lot of people kind of don't think about it, like, oh, a little bit of B12 or a little bit of B this, B that, B vitamins, remember, are water-soluble. And what happens is the body has to have them on a regular basis. They must be obtained through your diet. Your body does not produce vitamin Bs. They're water-soluble, which means they're not stored in your fat. So they have to be consumed regularly to maintain adequate supply. And they're really important to prevent nerve degradation, also help like rejuvenate the cells and increase energy as well, alongside being really, really important for the um, adrenal glands and for energy production and so forth. So, again, this is another reason why you've got to take natural, good quality supplements on a regular basis to make sure you're maintaining your healthy system all across the board and that's one of the reasons too why the ultimate multiple powder is such a popular product because the level of b vitamins in that formula are so high compared to other products it's i mean a lot of times i know people that don't even take any other supplements just the ultimate multiple powder you know they're on a tight budget or they want to keep stuff just really clean and tight they don't want to have a bunch of stuff and i get it you know obviously adding more nutrients in is always beneficial but some people's lifestyles and how they are and finances they want to keep stuff you know as tight as they can and that's why the ultimate multiple powder fits the bill on so many aspects of that and that's also on the front page right now if you want to read up on it and uh, anything else you want to add on that as far as with d3 and b vitamins this morning uh, yeah i do Austin. the uh, d3 is very very important to maintain good solid bone health it really is the problem is if you get too much d3 
it's going to try to calcify the inside of the arteries, and you don't want to do that. So I don't really recommend straight D3 unless you're monitoring yourself all the time. I recommend D3K2 because the K2 will help keep the calcium in the bones and prevent it from going into the arteries to the best of the you know the ability. You know the, the K2 can do that. And so when I take it, I always take D3K2. Now when you get your levels up. You don't need to be taking this stuff every day at 10,000 IUs. Usually you can take one or two capsules a, a week. That's all you're going to need. And that, that's nice, too, because you have to swallow as many pills. But that's the one thing I always tell you, like Austin told you beginning, always monitor your D3 levels. If you keep them between 60 and 80, that's pretty good. If you get to get over 100 or so, you need to back off and not take it for a while and then start taking one or two a week and get it re-blood tested after 30 days. But that's important, too. But remember, the D3K2 is a phenomenal combination together. Now, the B vitamins, oh, my gosh. Let me, let me go back to physics, not physics. Let me go to the biology real quick. You have what's called a citric acid cycle, the Krebs cycle in the body, which produces ATP and adenosine triphosphate, which degrades adenosine diphosphate, all the stuff they teach you in basic biology. And the catalyst, the spark plugs that makes that happen, that gives the body the energy, are B vitamins. Every morning I get up. Yeah, and I, I, I'm going to have to tell you guys a little secret here. I shouldn't tell you this, but I stockpile some purple sticks. Now, we're going to have them. We should have them in about six weeks. Right? But I stockpile some in my house because I didn't want to run out because I love taking them before the show. And so every morning I get up first thing in the morning and I'll have my two or three purple sticks. I put them in up, you know, now the new ones are going to be stronger. You won't need that many because, well, it doesn't matter. We're putting a little bit more of green tea extract into the new ones. So the, the new ones are going to be phenomenal. It'll be a vastly superior product to the one that we had. And what happens is, is that I take the pip, I take the purple sticks first thing in the morning, and then I put one of my 350 billion antibiotic uh, probiotics into that pat, into, into the shaker, into the Health Master shaker. And I shake it up, and then I take four B vitamins every single morning with that. I take a couple of turmeric. I take some zinc, and I basically. Uh, just take my basic supplements I can take without having a food on my stomach, and I'll take that first thing in the morning. And when I do that, I feel phenomenal all day. I really do. Then I'll have my – about a, you know, a few minutes later, I'll have my eggs, and then I have my four eggs in the morning you know, cooked in real butter, organic eggs. Stabilizes my blood sugar until lunch. Keeps my weight at a really good, comfortable level. I try to stay around 188, try to stay real lean. And so I do that every single day. And the B vitamins are something to supercharge. Now, there's a couple other things they do. The B vitamins and the zinc really help your hair stay the natural color, keeping it, preventing it from turning gray and white. Uh, it, it really works. I mean, I don't, I don't color my hair. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a kid anymore, and, and I don't have to do that because it's pretty much got a little bit of gray in it, and that's it. The B vitamins are critical for that. And I started getting more gray hair about eight months ago, and I guess from all the stress and the cortisol and everything else for this past year, and I started, I upped the bees to four a day, and my hair color actually changed back. Austin even noticed it. He says, wow, Dad, your hair is like getting dark again. So the B vitamins and the zinc are important. The zinc also really helps to control libido. That and the HGH stimulate and the vitamin E. Those three are like the, the, the trio that you use for libido for men because it increases the blood flow with the vitamin E. It increases the blood flow and the vascularity opening as far as the dilation of the blood vessels to feed the reproductive organs in the men with the HGH stimulate with the nitric oxide. In addition to that, the zinc is one of the principal components of the sperm. So all of this stuff combines together to kind of really reverse your aging process. So those are the ones I really make sure I take every single day. And, of course, at my age, I take the prostate support, and I stack all three of our prostate supports together. And I'll take, like, one of each, and uh, it's phenomenal how that works. You never have to get up and use the bathroom in the middle of the night. I really like that. And so it's just a really healthy lifestyle. But the B vitamins are the spark plugs of the Krebs cycle, of the citric acid cycle, of glycolysis, of turning ATP 
adenosine triphosphate into adenosine diphosphate. And that's what creates the energy with the mitochondria in the cells. Without the B vitamins, it's not possible. The problem with B vitamins is they are water-soluble, like Austin said at the beginning. And they go out of your system within 24 hours. And people say, well, if I take too many B vitamins, my urine is yellow. Good. That's good. That means you're getting all the B vitamins you need. Your body's excreting the rest of it. I mean, it's a couple pennies a day. Who cares? I'd rather have all the nutrients that I need in my body in a wall you're soluble base with B vitamins like that than I would be able to be deficient in the B vitamins, you know, have my hair turn gray and start falling out and all the rest. I don't want to deal with all that. So B vitamins are one of the most important supplements you can take. Now, let's stop one. Let's go one more notch. They need to be methylated. Most of the cheap ones are not methylated. And here's why. About 30 to 40 percent of the population, they lack a specific enzyme in their liver to convert B vitamins in the body because they can't methylate them. So when you take a methylated vitamin, like a B vitamin has been methylated before you, when you manufacture it, it bypasses that liver step. All of our B vitamins are methylated along with the B vitamins in our multiple powder. Now, if you had one choice of supplements to take, I would take the ultimate multiple, period. Period. Now, I would, if you don't like swallowing pills, which a lot of you don't, I would go with the ultimate multiple powder. That, 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 that's the one I use. I love that product. It's phenomenal. It really, really is. You can put it right in the shake. It actually tastes good. You can actually mix it right in with your magnesium brain food. And then I would put in some, you know, some, some cod liver oil, some omega-3 fats that we have in capsule form at the office. That would be a really good stack because then you're getting your Bs and your Cs and everything else. Now, if I was going to increase anything as far as over that, I would increase the vitamin C to about 5,000 milligrams a day, which is what I take. And I use the vitamin C antioxidant formula for that. And I would also add the B vitamins into that. And I would add extra zinc and extra E. That's a really, really good stack for you if you're needing to watch your budget. If you could then throw in some HGH Stimulate, that's a great product. I love that product. And it really helps you get a lot stronger in the gym. It really, really does. I remember when I first started taking that product years ago, Austin, I was doing a lot of leg press. And I noticed the leg press was getting lighter and lighter, and I was adding more and more weight. Finally, I'm up to, I'm up to, I'm up to like 400 pounds on the leg press doing 15 reps. And I'm like, what the heck's going on with my, my strength? And the only thing I changed was that HGH Stimulate. Now, I don't recommend doing real heavy weight like that. Period. I don't do that anymore. That was years ago when I first started this product. The reason for that is you don't want to increase the load on the cardiovascular system by pressing a large amount of weight off your chest. If you're not in really good shape from a cardiovascular system, it can actually increase the risk of stroke. Be really careful with that. Same thing when you're pushing heavy weights overhead. Be really, really, really careful with the weights that you use. I prefer reps and you know more cycles as far as more sets than I do heavy weight now. It's easier on the joints. And it gives your body's cardiovascular system a good exercise, but without stressing it. Because if you have any weak spots in the cardiovascular system, especially if you've taken the COVID shot because of the spike proteins, you don't want to take a weak spot like that and have it break open. We had another girl this week, apparently, had been vaccinated over in Plant City. My deepest condolences to the family. I ended up getting pericarditis, like 15, 16 years old, a champion volleyball player. Then she's having a heart attack from the pericarditis. They got there and they couldn't resuscitate her. She passed away. Give my deepest condolences to the family, and I'm assuming that she was vaccinated because so many people have been. And according to ManCal this morning, the poster child who was eight years old for Israel as far as vaccinating the children has also died of, of heart inflammation, eight years old. All of these things are happening all around us. Uh, yesterday, I, I sent a couple of articles out to several different people. I thought they had not been vaccinated. And one of them called me back and said, well, what do I do? What do I do? I, I've been vaccinated. I was forced to take these vaccines, you know, blah, blah, blah. Same thing we've heard, you know, a million times. And I said, I'm so sorry. You can mitigate that, you know, with the nanokinase, the anesthesiocystine, the HGA stimulate, the vitamin E. 
because you've got to get that stuff to a point where it's not affecting your cardiovascular system with those stinking sand spurs that they put into you. Remember, the coronavirus is like a sand spur, a tiny microscopic sand spur, and they inject billions of those into you. Those tiny little sand spurs lodge themselves in the endothelial layer of the blood vessels, especially in the smaller vessels and the capillaries. And when they do that, they basically cause blockages. That's why about a third of the people now who've come down with coronavirus and or have had the vaccine are having mental problems, including depression, because what it does, it goes in and it starts turning off certain portions of the brain, not like flipping a switch, but like blocking the blood flow and preventing the oxygen from getting to certain portions of the brain. That's why it's critical that you take your supplements to increase the blood flow, including the HGH stimulate and the vitamin E and the, you know, the, 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 the omega-3 fats. We've got those really good ones in capsule form now. So all of these things work together to keep your body energized and to keep you really, really young and healthy. And see, that's the key, isn't it? I mean, here's the deal. You know, I wouldn't want to be, you know, 80 years old in a nursing home and dying, you know, and having all kinds of health problems and not even knowing where I was. I would rather have gone out with my boots on 10 years earlier when I was still young and vibrant at 70. That's how I feel about that. But, you know, when people get to the certain age, due to genetics, a lot of times they continue to stay alive because their DNA says, I want you to live to be 100. Well, the problem is they may live their last 20 or 30 years in a sedentary place, unbelievably sick, laying in bed, not knowing who they are or their family is. To me, that's not quality of life. Before I lived like that, me personally, I would rather just go be with Jesus and say, goodbye, world. I've had enough of it here. Anyhow, I got to go. You know, and I would hope and pray that God would just take me to heaven. That's how I feel about it. But the reality is why you're still young and you still have tremendous energy and you feel good like I do right now. Take care of your health. Eat the right foods. Live the right lifestyle. Do what you need to do to stay healthy all the days of your life. And then that 70 to 90 or whatever you're going to do, you can run around and do what you want to do. You can play golf. You can travel. You can go on cruises. You can do whatever you want to do and have fun in your retirement years with your wonderful spouse or with your girlfriend or with your family or whoever you want to hang out with. You can do all of that stuff and enjoy it and not be in a situation where you're sick all the time. That's the biggest thing that I've seen now with people in my age group. They're sick all the time. They've always, they go from one health problem to another health problem to another health crisis to another health crisis to another health crisis, and there seems to be no way to try to help them because they simply won't listen. I had a good friend of mine you know, a year ago. I, I, I met her, and she went a year ago, so longer. Well, not quite that, about nine months ago, and, and I've talked to you about her before. She had cancer, and uh, she had cancer. She had recovered from it, and I really didn't want to get involved with dating her. She became just a good friend because I didn't want to deal with health issues, and then I found out she had taken the COVID vaccine. And, and on and on and on. So I knew she would have health problems, and then she ended up coming to have the cancer came back down again. Then she, we, they did surgery on her, and now the cancer's back again. Now I've contacted her again, but I haven't heard back from her, and I hope she's okay. I mean, she could have passed away by now. I don't know. But the reality is, is that, you know, think through what you're doing. If you know that certain behavioral patterns, like doing alcohol or doing drugs or basically staying up all night partying and all that kind of crazy stuff's going to age you very, very quickly and make you sick all the time – why do you want to do it if you're not a child? Now, the reason you do it as a child, as an 18 or 19 or 20 or 21-year-old, is because you're still young, dumb, and stupid. Just thought I'd mention that. Now, I realize not all the 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds are young, dumb, and stupid. I got that, but a lot of them are. And they want to lay out all night, stay up all night, you know, get on social media and you know, sleep all day and all the other crazy stuff that these teenagers do. But that's because they're a child and they're still acting like a child that you don't get to concrete rational thought until you're about 23, 24, 25, and the vast majority of the population never gets there anyhow. But if you're 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 and you're still partying like a teenager, 
What do you think is going to happen to you? If, if, if you take a candle and you turn it sideways, and you light both sides of it, it's going to burn probably about a quarter as long because it's going to get really hot and all the wax is going to drip off of it. It's going to be put out twice as much light as it would normally, but it's only going to last half as long or a third as long. That's the same thing that happens with your body. You only get so many cell divisions, according to some research, in your lifetime. If you start requiring those cell divisions every three months instead of every year or whatever the cell divisions are as far as telomere length, what's going to happen is you're going to vastly shorten your own life expectancy, and the last part of your life is going to be absolutely horrific, and you're going to be sick and diseased the whole time, and you have this miserable death. That's not okay with me. That's not my choice for my life, and that's what people need to realize is that we have these choices when we're young. We have these choices when we're healthy. Why not continue to make the right choice? Why go out and get drunk every day? Why go out and get drunk every weekend? Why drink it all when you know that alcohol is a neurotoxin? It causes pancreatic cancer, liver cancer, cirrhosis of the liver, alcoholism, osteoporosis, and breast cancer, particularly in women. It's unbelievably hard on their livers. They can't process alcohol as well because they're a woman, because of their DNA. Why do you want to drink? Why do you want to drink wine every day? and massively decrease the production of lipase in your body, which allows you to burn fat instead of store fat. I've met so many women who have basically started drinking a glass of wine every day, and they gain like a pound a month. You think, well, that's no big deal. But yeah, it is. How about after 10 years, they're 120 pounds heavier than they were? I've seen it over and over and over again, especially when you're on the dating apps. They'll use a picture from five years ago, say, oh, this is me. You run into them, you meet them. If you don't basically video chat them first, and they're 100 pounds heavier than they were. Been there, done that. And you think, well, what the heck happened to you? And they would order a glass of wine. You think, here we go. Here we go. Wine and alcohol are insidious. They really, really are. And I've never heard anyone say, my life was a wreck, an absolute wreck. It was a disaster. And I started drinking, and everything got better, and everything worked out great. I hear the exact opposite. I was doing great. I had a great wife. I had a great family. I had a great life. I had great health. And I started drinking, and I lost everything. Now I'm completely broke. I've lost my wife. I've lost my kids. I've lost my job. A tenth, a thir- a t- 10% of the population is genetically predisposed to become alcoholics if they start drinking. My mom had a real problem with alcohol. I don't want to touch the stuff because of that. I stay away from it. Now, I may have an occasional glass of beer or something like that once or twice a year or whatever, but it's not something that I do on an ongoing basis. I don't do it very often. In fact, I don't have it in my house because it's not going to be – I don't bring beer and stuff like that because you know, being German, everybody likes beer. It's ridiculous. So I just stay away from it. And so it's easier to say no to it to start with rather than try to deal with the consequences of it afterwards. It's like bringing ice cream into your house. If you've got a problem with your weight and you've got a problem with ice cream, why do you want to buy it? Why do you want to bring it to your house? If you want to go out and get some ice cream one day and have an ice cream cone or something with one of your kids, do that, you know, eat it and throw the cone away or whatever you want to do. But don't bring a half gallon or a gallon of ice cream into your house. I had a good friend of mine. He lived on ice cream. He's about, you know, 70, 80 pounds overweight. Started having all these issues with his prostate. His name was Richard. Good friend. Loved the guy. And basically he called me up and he said, I've got prostate issues now, blah, blah, blah. He's like 62 years old. And he goes, either the surgeon wants to go in and, you know, do some surgery and put in radioactive pellets into my prostate. And I want to do all this stuff. And I said, whoa, 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 you need some research on this. As far as prostate, it's a very slow growing cancer. Why don't you change your diet and all the other stuff? But he didn't listen. And three months later, his wife contacted me and he was dead. Yeah, he's in his early 60s. And I love the guy. He was a great, great friend. But the sad part about it is I see this stuff all the time. But people start making bad choices, and those choices directly affect their health. And then they do it to their children. Now, I know why I'm on this preaching mode today, but they do it to their kids. They eat the junk, so they give it to their kids. The, woman, the, the wife is obese. The daughter's obese. The, son's, the father's obese. The, father, the son becomes obese. I see it over and over again. Now, sometimes there's exceptions to that. The child will say, no, I'm not going to let this happen to me. But I've seen it so many 
times. You know, I mean, I, I know a good, have a good friend of mine, and, I, and, I, and I, she's a great friend, but she's, she's always fought obesity, and her younger daughter probably weighs 300, 350 pounds now, whatever she weighs, and she fed her and fed her and fed her and fed her until she became massively obese, even as a young child, in spite of the fact that I tried to tell her over and over again, and her husband, don't do this to this daughter, because you're, you're, you're doing this to this girl, and I've seen it over again with multiple other couples that I've known. Your child's health is your responsibility. I've never seen a three-year-old or a four-year-old or a five-year-old or a 10-year-old yet jump in the car, drive to the grocery store, bring a bunch of junk food home and eat it. I've never seen that. The parents bring it home and they destined this child. They basically, basically required them to eat the food that they eat, and then it ends up causing this child their health and their weight goes through the roof. And then all of a sudden they're 20 years old and they realize that they're obese. I had a lady years ago. Her daughter's about 300 pounds, and I, ple- I, helped, I helped her daughter, which is like 18 years old. She came over here with her father, and they worked out at the gym, and we got her weight down to about 140, 150, and then, then finally she didn't want to – she didn't have the discipline to continue that, so now she's back up to 300 pounds. And the, and the mother was basically you know, complaining about certain things. I, I'm not going to go into the detail here. And, I, and I finally I told the mother, I said, look, I said, this was your responsibility to keep this daughter thin when she was young. And she looked at me, she goes, well, no, it wasn't. I said, yeah, it was. She's eight years old. You're making her choices for her, and you weren't doing that. And I said, you're, you're responsible for this. And finally, after about two or three days, she called her daughter up and apologized and said, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. This was my responsibility, and I failed you as a mother. Now, I know that's a hard thing to say, but listen to me. Your child at the age of five, six, seven, or eight does not have the reasoning skills to determine what's healthy for them. They're going to want to live on you know, you know, cupcakes and Cheerios and junk food and garbage and all the rest of the stuff with MSG in it and red dyes and blue dyes and all high fat fructose corn syrup, all that stuff. They're going to eat that stuff because it's designed to make them addicted to it, period. But yet you have to choose for your family what you're going to feed them. That's why I eat four eggs every single morning. It stabilizes my blood sugar. I don't release a bunch of insulin. I stabilize my mood swings. I don't have any when I eat the right kind of foods. If my blood sugar gets too low, I get kind of grumpy sometimes. I got to avoid that. So always remember, your health is your most important asset. It's also the most important asset for your child. Take care of them. Take your B vitamins every day. It makes a huge, huge difference in your overall health and in your brain functioning. What do you think, Austin? What's your next story? Oh, 100%. You're spot on with it, and that's another part of that is also, too, making sure you do your own research before you start going on any type of pharmaceutical drugs. I say that all the time, and so does Dad. This is a huge factor that plays a massive role in people's health over the years when they start being put on drugs, in some cases that they don't need, and they haven't done any research. One of the biggest ones that we've seen, one of the largest culprits over the years, has been the statin drugs. It's one of the most hyped products as far as the pharmaceutical industry with massively downplayed side effects. Statins are one of history's most commonly prescribed and best-selling drugs in Western society, period. They're like the number one cash cow. And what we found over many, many years is that these things allegedly are supposed to treat heart disease. and, And the more research you find as far as lowering cholesterol, there is no real health benefit to that, especially in a, if it's an unhealthy range, you know, mid-200s, low-200s. And what they've done now, the American Medical Association, year after year after year, has been lobbied by the pharmaceutical companies to continually change and decrease the number of the healthy level of cholesterol that they say you need to have. Now it's like 180 or 170, some, some insane range when they dropped it below 200. And so they keep, keep telling everyone, you need to go on these drugs, you need to go on these drugs. The problem with it is the statins are unbelievably toxic. And what they do is they use these weird 
data points, these research studies that are not really truthful, but they manipulate the data to make it sound better. So basically, statistically, think about if you had two groups of 100 people. This is how they do it. Let's talk about it in this article here. With the first group taking the experimental statin pill, theorized to prevent heart attacks. The second group taking a placebo. During the trial time of two years, the first group only experienced one heart attack in that group, while the second group recorded two, the placebo group. Statistically, the experimental pill appears to be insignificant as cardiovascular protection. But when the relative risk reduction is applied, the pill shows a 50% efficacy in decreasing heart disease compared to the placebo, given that there was one fewer heart attack in the treated group out of two. So that's how they manipulate the data. So then they come forward and they say, oh, we've got this research study. If you take statins, your risk of heart attack will be more than cut in half by statins. This is what a, re a report said in 2008 that they put out there with uh, AstraZeneca's uh, Crestor. This is literally what they did. They said you'd be cut in half, 50% reduction in heart attacks by taking the statin. Well, of course, you can look at the data and realize it's a total manipulated theater doesn't cut anything down by 50%. You had two people in one group with a heart attack in the placebo group and one person in the control group die with a heart attack. You're now saying theoretically that it's 50% when you apply the risk reduction. That's how they manipulate the data. And the statin drugs really, really, really reduce all types of uh, natural, uh, natural cholesterol in the body, which causes it to have even more health problems going down the road. So another thing to be aware of and do your own research on it because these drugs – in most cases, when you really start looking into them, the side effects massively outweigh the benefits. So just something to be aware of and always do your research, especially when it comes to anything pharmaceutical, shots, uh, drugs, any of that stuff. Okay, also, Austin, I want, to add, I want to add one thing with statins. Yes. You know, in, in, uh, in the book that Sharon and I did, you know, Breakthrough Health, years ago, I listed the top 10 drugs never to use. And the number one drug that I listed and they're not to use was statins. And then I listed the complications and the side effects from it. I think it took a full page. There are that many side effects from statin drugs. They cause skeletal muscle necrosis in a lot of patients, which causes the muscle tissue to get real – it starts to eat up the muscles and make it simple, and this muscle starts to die. And then when the muscles get – the fibers get inside the bloodstream, which causes them to get into the kidneys, causing kidney failure. Statin drugs are one of the most dangerous drugs ever developed, and the statistics shows that after 37 years of taking statins, you do live longer. You do by about three days. I'm going to say that again. You live three days longer after taking statin drugs for over 30 years. Those are the real numbers. But you have, you have all of this plethora of side effects and other health problems because of it. I would never put that product in my body. It's so easy to lower cholesterol without drugs. I would never even consider it, Austin. Okay, go ahead. What's your next story? No, you're spot on with that. And we have so many natural supplements as far as even with the vitamin E, the uh, hemlocryl oil that we have, the CoQ10, the cod liver oil. There's so many natural approaches to it. Like I said, do your research before you start listening to some of these doctors put you on these drugs because in most cases they have a financial incentive to put you on them. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting, is <laughs> you, you keep wondering and hearing about more and more control and more monitoring over our vehicles. You see it every single year. You see it in the way they come out with these cars. You see the cameras inside them now. Well, now, remember I told you guys a few months back, the crime wave that we've been watching is obviously controlled. They know what they're doing with this. They're making sure the crime rate goes up. They cause the problem. Then they have the action for it and then the solution. Well, now, Washington, Washington D.C. and Metropolitan Police Department unveiled a new taxpayer-funded program that will use digital tracking tags to find stolen cars more easily. Well, what's interesting about this is the tracking tags will be available to residents who live in the area with the greatest increase in vehicle theft. But Metro Police Department will install the device in vehicles, allowing them to track cars via mobile device easily. Now, what's interesting about this is 
this is something that the state wants to monitor and look at on a regular basis. Now, if you want to lowjack your car, I don't even know if they make lowjack anymore. They used to do it on motorcycles back in the day. But if you wanted to put GPS, you put a GPS right in your car. You can do your own app. It's not very expensive. They make little kits on eBay. I think it's like 20, 30, 40 bucks. Well, if the state's doing that, saying, we're going to provide this to you for free, and we can monitor your car if it gets stolen. We can look out for you on a regular basis. This, again, is about getting people desensitized to be monitored and checked and spied on every single where, every single place they go. That's why the newer vehicles they're doing now, Dad talked about it the other day, they don't even have navigation anymore. Everything's based on the OnStar and Google. It all goes through your phone. They don't want you to be able to function without a phone. I brought this up during COVID very, very directly and very clearly when they started doing the contact tracing apps. They want people to have the QR codes, and they want to scan everything. They want people to be so conditioned to the point where you can't function in society without a smartphone. That's why it's really good sometimes if you know you're doing something, just leave your phone out for a little bit. Just leave, leave it. Just detox from it. I've done that before. Sometimes it's like, dude, I go on vacation or something, I'll just turn my phone off. I'll leave it on silent or do not disturb and throw it in the backpack. Just get away from it for a little bit because the more you start to see, people are becoming more addicted to it. And the problem with it is the children are the biggest ones that are having issues with this now because you're having this generation where these kids literally are growing up from birth on these phones. I've watched it now so many times. We've even watched it in friends that I know where these kids are a year and a half, two years old, and they literally will let them sit there and play on games on their phone. And I just, I shake my head and I'm like, guys, listen, you gotta, you gotta monitor that. You really do. The long-term effects of what this is going to do on the mentally and developmental wise is enormous. And so just something to be aware of alongside keeping and maintaining the aspect of your children's mental health. You know, their physical health, like that said, is so important. It really is. It, it's your responsibility. What you feed them is your responsibility. I had a friend of mine, their son, he's, he's getting unbelievably chunky now. I talked to him the other day. I talked to his dad. I said, man, you, know, you need to watch his weight, bud. So he's getting pretty thick. He goes, oh, he's about to hit a growth spurt. He's going to grow taller. So he's, he's a big boy. I mean, in general, I said, he's big bone. I said, but, dude, he's getting unbelievably big. And I'm like, he's starting to already get mild gynomasty and everything else. And he's like, oh, no, he'll, he'll grow out of it. I said, okay. He's five, six years old. You know, it doesn't need to be this chunky. It's just it is what it is. But the problem is that a lot of times it's exactly what dad said. The kids eat what the parents do. The parents bring in the house, they eat it. The kids are going to eat it. That's why people talk about um, obesity being dia- hereditary. It's a complete and total joke. It's not hereditary at all. It's the lifestyle that parents have that their children still follow when they get older because that's basically what they've been raised, and they eat the same way that their parents do. So something to be aware of, and alongside the mental health, that's really, really important as well. Making sure your kids aren't having a bunch of screen time, video games. If they are using some of that stuff and they're older, make sure it's monitored and limited to a certain amount. And the best thing that you do is use that stuff as a tool, not a crutch. So they get done with their homework or they get done with their chores. They get into doing yard work. Hey, you guys want to watch a movie for 30 minutes or an hour you know, tonight? That's something that makes it fun to do instead of just allowing them to be idiots and play on video games 24-7. Also, too, speaking of child health, Alarming decline in the effectiveness of antibiotics for common childhood diseases. This urgent action is needed to update guidelines and improve antibiotic stewardship globally. This is a ticking time bomb. How experts are describing the alarming decline in effectiveness of common childhood antibiotics revealed in a new study. The University of Sydney researchers, the findings suggest many go-to antibiotic doctors rely on to treat serious infections like pneumonia and meningitis in kids are not working a significant number of cases now. They said antibiotic resistance is going up globally. The study highlights the urgent need to update out Dated prescribing guidelines before it's too late. They said some major antibiotics now have less than 50% 
effective right now. And some antibiotics are particularly ineffective on almost everything. How bad is the problem? They said antibiotic-resistant bacteria is causing more than 2.8 million infections in the United States each year now. And the U.S. FDA plays a role in the U.S. government's coordinated response of this because what's happening is now, and this is we're seeing this all across the board, everything is getting contaminated with antibiotics. It's being so heavily used in the food supply now, in the animal supply, Remember the Moms for America article I talked to you guys about the other day where they did the research on all the major fast food groups, and they all tested positive for animal contraceptives, animal antibiotics, think other than one, one or two companies. I think Chipotle's was the only one that didn't test for it. And so what's happened is now the diet has gotten so poor in the United States, and a lot of times these kids are eating this fast food so regularly and getting exposed to this with the hormones and the milk. That's why I tell you all the time, do not let kids drink regular milk. Just regular cow's milk, period. If you're going to do at least make sure it's certified USDA organic, it's good, clean milk. And the best option is find local farmers that have it in local co-ops. I tell you that all the time. That's with everything. If you're getting meat, if you're getting vegetables, if you're getting milk, try to look locally and find somebody you can work with directly. And a lot of times, you know, you'll get it for about the same price, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. But if you actually see them and talk to them and know what they're doing, you actually know what product you're getting and not just some nasty stuff that's got a you know stamp on it at the grocery store. Oh, it's safe and effective. <laughs> no, it's not. Because this antibiotic resistance, the worse this starts to get, this is going to become a problem when kids and adults start to have a major illness that nothing treats. And the other issue that we've watched now in the United States is that kids now are given dozens, dozens of rounds of antibiotics by the time they're four to five years old because of constant ear infections and all these health problems, which, by the way, is primarily caused by the vaccine response that they're getting on a regular basis, constantly getting shot up, constantly getting shot up. This is what they're constantly doing now because they want to keep the kids sick on a regular basis. That's why I said the other day, it's not normal for kids have to get their adenoids and their tonsils removed and tubes in their ears at two and three years old. I mean, I've seen it that young before. Oh no, he's having, he's just, he's got a bad immune system. He has a bad immune system. He's injecting death into him. What do you think is going to happen in these kids? But yet, mass majority of the population does not talk about it because they don't know or either they're scared because they don't want to get any blowback because it's a hot button topic. I'm telling you right now, these hot button topics are something that have to get brought up. Just like when we talked about what was going on earlier this year with the massive you know, transgender push on children, which is still going on. You know, people, oh, you can't talk about that. No, doggone right I'm going to talk about it. This is a serious problem that's being pushed towards our children, and we have a right to bring it up. You have a right to protect your children. And like I said before, anytime somebody tells you you can't talk about something, it's forbidden, it's forbidden, it's no, you can't talk about that. You can't bring that topic up. You can't talk about this specific group of people. You cannot talk about them at all. They're off limits. No, that's a hard pass for me, but everybody's off. Nobody's off limits. <laughs> this just is what it is. If it's a free press and it's a free market and it's a free speech, then it's open. Even if somebody doesn't like it, even if somebody gets mad about it, even if somebody gets offended, that's okay. That's part of it. Because when you start picking who you can and can't talk about and what groups you can and can't talk about, and they as they continue to push their agenda – you watch and see what happens with that, as we have seen repeatedly now. It's what we, it's like you, we're seeing now with this whole left-right theater over in the Middle East. I talked to you guys about it repeatedly last week. It's this constant, you're either with the Jews or you're with the terrorists. Like, well, what about I'm with America and I don't want to send another $20 billion to Israel? Well, no, you can't be that. You're either with the Jews or you're with the terrorists. Like, well, that doesn't make sense. That's, that's, not, that's that, I'm, not, I'm not putting myself in a box. Well, you have to pick. Same thing George Bush did. You're either with us or 
you're with the terrorists. You're either with the COVID lockdowns or you're with the grandma killers. They always do this theater to you. It's designed to control your mental capacity and put you in a box. You don't think outside of the box. Always understand that and do your own research with this stuff because it's really, really important. The more and more people really start waking up and talking about what's really going on, Dad. What do you think? You know, one thing about our show, and it's always been this way, Austin, is we're the equal opportunity offender. Uh, we, we fuss at everybody. And uh, I'm not going to sit here and, and tell you that, you know, the United States is perfect because it's not or Russia's perfect or Israel's perfect or Germany's perfect or Britain's perfect or our congressmen or senators are perfect. I don't talk like that. What we do is we take specific things that we like and we talk about those and we take specific things we don't like and we talk about those and don't really care about where it falls in the middle. We are not partisan on the show whatsoever. I don't like any of them, to be honest with you. Every once in a while, you get a pretty decent you know, Republican in there that's conservative, and you kind of like those guys. You promote them a little bit, and they turn around and do something stupid, like you know, tell you that you have to support Israel with your companies in the state that you're in. This is DeSantis did this, or else you're going to lose your state government you know, contracts. I mean, stuff like that. You I mean, he doesn't have any right to do stuff like that, but he does. So he does these crazy things, and then he tries to do the right things by not making us wear masks or take the COVID shots, and then his director of health store comes out and says, don't give this to children. So you get this mixed thing going all the time, and, what they, and the reason they do that is they're trying to be centrist. They're trying to go down the middle with stuff, and they're catering to their, to, to their groups. So they're catering to their money people. They're catering to the people down in Miami that like to support them and all the other people that give money to them that sway their opinions on what they consider to be important and not important topics. It's part of the way how the money runs and how the money you know, makes the world go round. So all of this stuff is important that we understand that you've got to be careful with what you believe and what you hear people say because if the money is greasing the skids, the skids are going to be greased for a reason because they want to have what they have the way they want to have it every single day. So be careful with all of that stuff. And so just think through it before you start doing things that you know are bad for you. That's really, really, really important. And think through before you start believing the stuff that could be a lie. Here, here's another here's another article just came out of Zero Hedge. Fringe science, antidepressants are based on pseudoscience, can potentially contributing to mass mass shootings. So selective retake uptake inhibitors, antidepressants are severely disrupting shrimp neurological function and cause them to essentially kill themselves. The serotonin deficiency theory behind depression is now clinically debunked, rendering the entire theoretical antidepressant mechanisms of SSRIs mute, although they continue to generate generous profits for pharmaceutical firms nonetheless. The majority of mass shooters in the United States are subsequently found to have been taking antidepressants, which goes against unremarked upon in the pharmaceutical industry controlled media for obvious reasons. Now, you think through this stuff for this debunked serotonin deficiency of depression. This is an article from Molecular Psychiatry. It says, our comprehensive view of the major strands of research on serotonin shows there is no convincing evidence that depression is associated with or caused by lower serotonin levels, concentrations, or activity. Most studies found no evidence of reduced serotonin activity in people with depression compared to people without. The methods to reduce serotonin availability using tryptophan depletion do not necessarily or consistently lower mood in volunteers. High-quality, well-powered genetic studies effectively exclude an association between genotypes related to serotonin system and depression, including a proposed interaction with stress. All of this stuff that we are dealing with here on depression is now being shown that a lot of these drugs are actually causing more problems with the people that are on these types of compounds, especially benzodiazepines. Now, I'm going to say this to you very, very bluntly here. Do not stop taking these drugs without the supervision of doctors, especially the serotonin, uh, the benzodiazepines. You can die from that. Really, really important. Find you a doctor if your doctor won't do it. That'll help you to titrate the dosing down. Start on the B vitamins. Start on the cod liver oil. Start on the zinc. Start on all this other stuff that you need to try to get your moods back up, especially the omega-3 fats, the 5-HTP, 
these things would work great for that. You know, I know after Sharon passed away, every once in a while, you know, I'd have to increase my 5-HTP or increase my cod liver oil because I'd get down about something. But I wasn't about to go on antidepressant medication because read the black box warning. I'm not making this stuff up. They have been linked to suicidal thoughts and suicidal depression and suicide in general and creating causing problems with suicide. So be very, very careful when you start taking these pseudoscience drugs that have been now disbunked so many times. If I'm going to post that article so you guys can see it and read it. Very, very important. And now there's another article here. It's from a dermatologist. And I guess we're turning this into a health show today, which I love doing that anyhow. And she says there are five anti-aging supplements that she takes every single day to basically have youthful skin. And she talks about a combination of pills including vitamin E, which helps increase circulation, vitamin A, which helps keep the skin healthy, vitamin C that helps makes you re- reduce the aging process, keeps collagen held together. And then she also talks about zinc and how important zinc is and how zinc actually helps to slow down. And see, they also say that vitamin D3 is critical. She says that the sunbathing is unbelievably bad for you, but you've got to take D3. And that's true. Uh, here a few weeks ago, I actually went to the beach. I've been about a month ago, and I was sitting under an umbrella in the shade. I did. I was had a, you know, sitting under the umbrella in the shade for a few hours. I ended up getting burned. And I had a spot on my face that had basically cleared up, and it came right back again after my face got burned. And I was in the shade, but the reflection off the sand got me, and I thought, wow. And I thought, this is crazy. I don't go out in the sun. So I guess next time I'll make sure I leave my shirt on and, you know, wear you know, some more sunscreen or whatever. But I was, you know, burned from that, and it caused problems with some spots on my face and came back. When I was young, I used to be out in the sun all the time. Remember, I saw my 18, 19 being young and dumb. Remember all that? And I used to lay out on the beach and I used to do all that crazy stuff and think, oh, this won't affect me. Well, let me tell you something, kids. It's going to affect you. I'll give Sharon credit for that. She was raised up in Fort Walton Beach up in Destin, and she used to go to the beach all the time, but she always kept sunscreen you know, on her face. She never let her face get in the sun. She always kept her face covered, and she had a perfect complexion. She looked absolutely young all the time. So always remember that you've got to eat the right foods and you've got to avoid trans fats and all the rest of the stuff in your skin to keep your skin healthy. So always remember that. It's, it's very important that you can also realize, too, that resveratrol, that's a little-known plant compound that can actually help stop dementia. This is, this is good. This is a plant compound that naturally occurs in foods such as grapes and peanuts, plus you can also get it. It's an anti-inflammatory and helps brighten the skin's complexion and boost elasticity. That's, that's going to be – uh, it's basically it's a phenomenal product, and you need to stay on, on an ongoing basis. The resveratrol is critical. I take that on an ongoing basis. You know, whether research on whether resveratrol can help with anti-aging has yielded mixed results, but it remains popular in the anti-aging, anti-aging sphere. Uh, David Sinclair, a Harvard biologist and anti-aging researcher, previously said that he takes resveratrol supplements every single day. Now, other studies suggest that resveratrol, because of anti-inflammatory properties, can actually protect against heart disease, cancer, and Alzheimer's. So resveratrol is an incredible product if you combine it, especially with zinc. And of course, you need to be on a multivitamin also and vitamin A also. That's in the cod liver oil. All of this stuff is so important to keep your age as young as you possibly can all the days of your life. And you start to realize that when you start really – I'm posting all of this stuff, by the way. And there's another one here that I want to cover. And this is from Daily Mail. And it says, what's your age type? Scientists reveal the four ways we age biologically that matter more than how many birthdays we've had. Hmm. Now listen to this. This is very. This is a really good article. The four age types pertain to liver function, metabolism, kidneys, and immune health. A person may have a biological age of 40, but an immune or kidney age of 55. 
Wow. And it goes, six women reversed aging themselves by 11 years with a healthy diet. So I'm going to read you part of this right now and let you see what this says. Someone may have a chronological age of 40, but immune system age of 45 that puts them at a higher risk of getting autoimmune disease, such as rheumatoid arthritis, while these archetypes have a higher risk of liver diseases, such as cirrhosis. The team of experts set out to understand why certain people are more susceptible to different aging-related disorders throughout their lives, and information would say they could give a better, better chance of staying healthy. Metabolic. The metabolic ages faster than any other parts of the body. This has been linked to obesity, heart disease, and type 2 diabetes. This is what causes Syndrome X. And Syndrome X is what Ozempica tries to treat. Syndrome X is that you have elevated sugar and elevated insulin at the same time, and the elevated insulin is continuing to take that elevated sugar and convert it to body fat, and you get fatter and fatter and fatter. This is why the Ozempica is like a diabetes drug, and it helps to prevent the excessive amounts of insulin being produced. And when that happens, you start losing weight, but you need to change your, your, your diet. If you don't want to have a problem with elevated glucose levels, you've got to cut back on the high glycemic foods. You've got to cut the bread out, the pasta out, the rice out, the potatoes out, especially white potatoes. White potatoes will turn to sugar glucose more quickly in your bloodstream than table sugar does. I kid you not. You can do the research on that. We have so many people that used to come into the office, and they had syndrome X. You know, and so I would tell them, you've got to get your glycemic load down. You've got to start eating like vegetables. And chicken, make sure it's grilled chicken or rotisserie chicken. And you guys have heard me say this before. Or you can have a good steak. You have a good piece of fish and have vegetables with it. But stay away from the white potatoes. Stay away from the bread with the meal. Stay away from all of that stuff. And it'll keep your blood sugar levels down. Because that's a bad place to be with elevated sugars and elevated insulin. So what do they do? They give you more insulin, which makes you even fatter to bring the blood sugar even more down. But you didn't need insulin. You had plenty of insulin. You needed to change your diet. You know, this I remember years ago, Doug Hagman had really high blood sugar, and you know we helped him, and we put him on a blood sugar protocol as far as changing his diet. You know, we put him on turmeric, we put him on a bunch of other products that really helped to mitigate this. And we need to realize that we have that protocol available at the office. You want to call Steve, but what we have to realize is that you can't keep eating the same foods if you've been diagnosed with diabetes and expect to not be diabetic. If you're living on high fructose corn syrup. And it's elevating your sugar through the roof and elevating your insulin through the roof and you're getting bigger and bigger and bigger and you don't know why. Or you're living on wine every single day, like you mentioned in the earlier segment. And, this, this, and these ladies don't realize that they're damaging their liver and they're getting this product called – this enzyme called lipase, which burns body fat instead of storing body fat. It completely stops for like three days with one glass of wine. So if you have a glass of wine on Monday and a glass of wine on Thursday – you're not going to produce that. You produce very, very small amounts of lipase. So you're going to constantly store more and more body fat. I had a preacher friend of mine that has a mega church, 40,000 members. He called me the other day. He says, I don't know what to do. I've got that, and I don't know what to do. I can't help. I don't know what to do. He said, you, know, he said, you think it's the wine because the Bible doesn't forbid the drinking of wine. So it doesn't say that. And, you know, it doesn't say that you can't have wine. But the wine that they were drinking back then was extremely diluted with water. They were using it primarily as a sterilant in the water to prevent bacteria contamination. What ends up happening is I told him, I said, you can't drink a glass of wine two or three times a week and expect to lose body fat. It doesn't work that way. He goes, hey, well, I was wondering why because I've gained my body fat through the roof right now. I've been drinking wine. I said, no, you don't do that. You don't drink alcohol on a regular basis. You can have occasional glass of wine, occasional glass of beer, whatever. But don't do it on a weekly basis. It takes too long for the liver to recover, and it takes too long for that enzyme lipase to come back up again. So just avoid it. Second one that they're talking about on the four agiotypes is hepatic. That's the liver. The liver does not function normally as you get older if you're drinking alcohol and you're eating junk food. Higher risks of liver diseases such as non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. That happens all the time. 
The next four type of the type, type genotype that you have is the makes you age is your immune system. The immune system can age faster, more prone to autoimmune disorders like rheumatoid arthritis, which, by the way, have been directly linked to eating certain types of foods that are basically the nightshade variety of foods. Egg, eggplant, white pepper, white pipe, white potatoes, bell peppers, and, uh, and also tomatoes. If you've got a problem with rheumatoid arthritis, cut out those nightshade vegetables immediately. And in many cases, if you start taking cod liver oil or omega-3 fats and your supplements and you cut these things out, the rheumatoid arthritis goes away. In addition to that, you have a lot of immune system or disorders now that are being caused by the clot shot because they had to put an immune system depressant in there to prevent you from stopping the production and eliminating it out of your body because it's so toxic. Your body doesn't want to make spike proteins. So they deregulate the entire immune system. That's why cancers have gone through the roof and recurring cancers have gone through the roof. So the, 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 the immune system is so important to understand that you've got to keep it strong. That's why I take the C every day. Now, the next thing you have is kidney, nephrotic. The kidneys age faster than the rest of the body. A lot of this is, again, from the statin drugs that we talked about earlier. You know, you know, raises the risk of high blood pressure and renal failure. And you have, you have these, 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 these places everywhere now that basically have to do, you know, dialysis. Dialysis treatment centers. You go down to Lakeland, there's one street. There's four or five of those. And they've got another whole bunch of them over there to deal with macular degeneration. And that's one of the reasons macular degeneration causes, occurs, is because of aspirin. People have been told to take an aspirin every single day. Aspirin is a great blood thinner. That's an absolute fact. It is great. The problem is it can cause wet macular degeneration because it causes the, 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 the macular to detach with the retina in the back of the eye. All of this stuff is linked to baby aspirin and aspirin every single day if you do the research studies on it. The problem is you try to talk to people about this. Oh, no, no, I've got to take my baby aspirin every day. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why don't you take you know, cod liver oil? That's a blood thinner. Why don't you take vitamin E? That's a blood thinner. Hey, why don't you go ahead and drink half your body weight in fluid ounces and purified water like distilled to reverse osmosis every single day? So if you weigh 200 pounds, drink 100 ounces of water a day or 10 10-ounce glasses, that'll thin your blood too. Well, I won't do that. I have to use the bathroom too much. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You'd rather take a blood thinner that's going to cause you to go blind, you know, like aspirin or could, not in, every, not in every case. I know if I take aspirin, it directly affects my vision for two to three days. Just saying that. I try to avoid those kind of drugs. Those non-steroidal anti-inflammatory compounds are bad. Aspirin's not as bad for the heart, but the other ones are really bad, like for the heart, like with ibuprofen. All of this stuff has side effects. That's why you've got to look at the side effects with all of this stuff. But it says to determine the four classes of aging, researchers at Stanford took local blood, fecal, and genetic material, metabolite, protein, and lipid samples over the course of a two years to see how the bodies and the people's bodies systems aged. Research believes that the, by identifying the ageotype, people become empowered to seek the best representative preventive health care for them stave off the age-related metabolic disorders, or limiting alcohol intake to prevent liver disease. I'm telling you, alcohol once a week in excess is a nightmare for what it does to your liver. It, I, I don't even know what to say. And if you drink it every day, it's unbelievable how bad your liver is going to age. There was a kid that we had in high school. He was always on drugs. He started on drugs in elementary school. I remember I used to get on the bus with him. And I remember one day we were at the bus and he was talking. He was like, we're like in fifth grade. And he's talking about huffing gasoline. He's talking about sniffing glue. And I'm like, and I'm, my response was, man, what's wrong with you? Why are you doing this? It's not healthy for you. I mean, I do that like in fifth, sixth grade. Well, he turned into a lifelong, a lifelong drug user. And we had our, our, our class reunion a couple of weeks ago. He didn't come to the class reunion. 
And, and when I asked the class president, why didn't so-and-so come to the class reunion? He said, well, he didn't want to. He said he's made a lot of really bad choices his entire life, and it's really cost him. And he didn't want to be there to see all the other people. You think to yourself, well, why, why do you keep making these choices? It, it's so important. Now, let's talk about the nephrotic genotype. This pertains to kidney function. It pertains to how the kidneys clean out waste and blood to produce urine and balance the body's fluids, sending clean blood back through the body. Healthy kidneys help to manage blood pressure. The kidney archetypes are at a greater risk of kidney diseases later in life. Well, people fall into one of these azeotypes, what does not mean to the body? I'm sorry, this is written badly. That does not mean that they don't see the aging in other parts of their body. So all of these things from Stanford, I'm going to post this so you guys can read it, tell you that you, if you eat the wrong foods, if you live the wrong lifestyle, if you do the wrong things, if you don't take your supplements, you're going to burn that candle sideways, and you're going to live half as long. And the last portion of your life is going to be unbelievably bad. And it's sad to me when I see this because it doesn't have to be that way. You know, we were created by God Almighty to repair ourselves almost immediately when we get sick. We were created by God Almighty to live this abundant life and have it in full. We were created by God Almighty to walk in divine health all the days of our life and to lay down one night and decide to go home and pass to the next life with God voluntarily. That's how it's supposed to be. This dying in a hospice and dying on a morphine drip and, and dying in a nursing home, that's not of God. That's not God's best for anybody, and we know that. But we have to start making the healthier choices, especially for your children. Remember, you're a child of the Most High God. You have tremendous power. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. You have the ability to say no to alcohol. You have the ability to say no to drugs. You have the ability to say no to high fructose corn syrup and ice cream every night. You have that ability. You have the ability to say no to cigarettes and nicotine. You have that ability. So lay hold of that and take hold of that and realize that we're created in God's image and that we need to protect the temple that we have that God gave us, which we call our body. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Also, go ahead and finish it up, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Absolutely. Here's another health article that's come out now, again, showing how the manipulation from studies is absolutely horrendous now. The Harvard study that came out a couple weeks back, it was like October 19th, the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition that came out and Harvard posted it, claimed that people who ate just two servings of red meat per week had a massive increase of developing type 2 diabetes compared to people who ate few servings. And with the risk rising higher with the more meat consumed, research also found that replacing red meat with plant-based protein sources or also uh, basically lab-grown meat is associated with a reduced risk of diabetes. Now, as soon as I saw this article a couple weeks ago, I never really even covered it because it was so insane. Well, now this multiple, multiple people have now come out now and called this out. And they said the study is completely tainted. This is an observational study, which gives us very weak data. In terms of science, the main issue is that there have been multiple randomized clinical attempts to test this hypothesis that red meat causes diabetes, and the results are no. It doesn't. There is currently no evidence from the highest quality gold standard studies that red meat causes diabetes. But you find out why the study was tainted. And this is just why I want to bring this up because I thought it was funny. The potential conflict of interest. The team of researchers who compiled the data work at Harvard, T. Chan School of Public Health. Do you know who is the primary sponsor of T. Chan School of Public Health? The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Imagine that who's the main primary investor in Upside Foods, one of two synthetic meat producers that's been approved now by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Mr. Gates has stated that he believes meat alternatives are needed to save the world. He's also investing in the fake egg uh, that's now starting to come out now. They actually, they actually have eggs. They're in a shell, and they're completely fake. 
Every, everything about them is fake lab-grown eggs now. And they're saying, oh, it's greener to do this. It's healthier and safer for everybody to do, eat these. No, they don't want people getting the natural fats and omega-3 fats anymore. They want them getting the toxic sludge that they're pumping into this stuff. But I saw that study the other day, and I just laughed because, again, this has been something they've researched repeatedly, and it shows you that eating red meat does not cause diabetes. This thing that we've seen, as Dad talked about earlier, the high fructose corn syrup is one of the primary culprits of this stuff because of what it does to the liver and the pancreas. And the problem with it is most people don't realize high fructose corn syrup is in almost everything now that's processed. This is why you've got to check your ingredient list on your food when you buy it. It's so important. The longer the ingredient list – the less likely you need to buy it. This is my take on it, how I've always had it. So again, my friends, keep doing research, keep staying healthy, keep staying strong. Be sure to check out the website if you need anything, healthmasters.com, and take advantage of the D3 on sale right now for over 20% off. And also, too, be sure to check out the Ultimate Multiple Powder, which is also on sale right now for over 15% off. I'll be on the Doug Hagman Report tonight. Got to be a great show. Me and him got a lot of stuff lined up we're going to cover, so be sure to tune into that. It's going to be a really, really good show, as always, because I haven't been on there in a while with him, and uh, I love being on there with Doug. He's a great guy. We're going to put a lot of great information out there. So have a fantastic day, my friends. Enjoy the Hagman Show tonight, and we'll talk to you again on this show tomorrow, as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. <laughs> 